Jesus said, Man cannot live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You're listening to Daily Truth. There is such a thing as a false teacher, but there is also such a thing as an empty talker, a vain teacher, an anemic and shallow minister of God's Word in such a way that it does not bear a lasting effect on others. And yet, even in these contexts, my point is back to verse 3 and verse 8, looking at them in conjunction with one another in our text today, Psalm 78, verses 3 and 8, I believe that there is such a phenomenon as those who herald the gospel sufficiently, not thoroughly, not deeply, not even consistently or frequently, but sufficiently in such a way that their spiritual children, which probably would represent many of us here today, can say, my fathers told me these dark sayings from of old. Verse 3. Things that we have heard, and we have not merely heard them with physical ears, but we have known them. We have incorporated them into our lives. We have believed upon them, not because we're better than our fathers, not because of any will or work due to our own flesh, but by God's grace and His sovereign election, He has chosen to cause us, by the power of His Spirit, to be quickened to life. He has caused us to undergo regeneration, a new spiritual birth. He has equipped us with spiritual ears and spiritual eyes to both hear and see the truth of the gospel. And so our fathers told us these things, and we have not merely heard them, but we have Believe them. But then, that's verse 3. Later on in verse 8, it seems as though some, maybe not all, but some of the very same fathers who told their children these things, that created the very possibility of their children's hearing and knowing faith, that these fathers themselves, even though they're the ones responsible for telling their children and providing this gospel opportunity, the fathers themselves merely heard but never knew and remained stubborn in their hearts, remained rebellious, and ultimately died in unbelief. I say all this to set a theological framework to labor the point that in biblical categories, it is quite possible to be saved under the ministry or the preaching, or in the church of a heretic. It is quite possible to be saved under the preaching of an unbeliever. Or, like 1 Corinthians 3, a man who is a believer himself and will be saved as barely escaping flames, who did not necessarily preach heresy. Right? His, he wasn't building with, with poison, but he was building with, hey, 
There is such a thing as false doctrine, and there is such a thing as anemic doctrine. There are false teachers who are unregenerate themselves, and there are those teachers who peddle shallow ministries and build with vain materials who are themselves regenerate but do little for the kingdom of God. And yet in both of these contexts, even the false teacher who peddles heresy, very often you can find in even the most heretical of churches an occasional gospel presentation of a sufficient gospel. Not robust. The person's sanctification and discipleship and spiritual growth of the parishioners in that environment will certainly be stifled. And yet, salvation itself, conversion, can still occur. It's almost like, well, it's almost like walking in your driveway and seeing a small green plant growing up between the cracks of cement. It is certainly not the optimal environment for a garden, for plant life, for flourishing and growth. And yet, there is still occasionally a small, a small stream of life that presents itself. And so I believe that our text today is very relevant for, for the church today, and especially in America especially in our nation, a church that in many ways has compromised, that has given itself over to pragmatism at the cost of sound doctrine, a church that, is, that has bent its knee to the devices of men uh, rather than, than the Word of God proclaimed that converts the hearts and sadly, in even worse cases, churches that have not only bowed to pragmatism, but churches that have bowed to heresy, to false doctrine, to racism peddled underneath critical race theory, which is the epitome, ironically, of racism. Isn't it funny that the seven white nationalists in our nation who all tend to be FBI agents undercover and the woke have so much in common. Perhaps you've seen some of those videos on YouTube, comical videos about a super woke left-leaning individual and the alt-right conservative, and they completely agree. Yeah, we should segregate things, right? Like we need, we need spaces where white people can't come into this portion of the university and study because it just doesn't make people feel safe, right? Only the super conservative, racist, alt-right person and, and the critical race theory, super woke person both agree on segregation. Isn't that funny? The anti-racist is probably the most racist person in our culture today. And yet, even with this infiltration of a vain philosophy, as the scripture would reference it, empty ideology, Marxism, 
Foucault, the Frankfurt School, Freud, politicizing sex, where sex becomes innate, the deepest part of a person's identity, where to, to be against a certain action is to be against a person's essence themselves. And all of a sudden, a viewpoint becomes hate and harm and danger. And underneath all of this, all this cultural heresy, and in a better case, although not great, under all of evangelicalism's pragmatism, still we see a harvest. We see a harvest of many who have heard a sufficient gospel, albeit not thorough, albeit not consistent, but a sufficient gospel, and have not only heard, but known. As a special thank you for your gift of any amount, we'll be happy to send you a free digital book from our store. To access this offer, visit rightresponseministries.com offer. We highly recommend Pastor Joel's book, Am I Truly Saved? If you or someone you know has wrestled with doubts about the love of God, this would be a great resource. As a reminder, to get this offer, go to rightresponseministries.com offer. And thank you for your generous support.